I always say about the culture war, you can't win a culture war when only one side is fighting. Imagine if we had a real battle where one side had an army in the field and the other side just complained about what that army was doing. So as you said in your introduction, we on the sort of conservative libertarian right side of the spectrum have to start producing culture. They're really not very good at framing good versus evil and telling a story and how we prevail over it. We can't blame the left for fighting for their ideas. We have to fight for our own. The, the left has mastered the art of storytelling. The conservatives are best at documentaries that at most are preaching to the choir, pound themes that we all already agree on. Don't tell human stories. We really want in Palladium, as really in my previous film, to reach the center, give them stories that they can respond to and believe in. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics, and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. There are almost 1.5 billion paying subscribers to global streaming services. Uh, annual worldwide spending on film and TV production has reached almost a quarter of a trillion dollars. In the United States alone, just four networks, Netflix, Disney, Amazon Prime, and HBO Max alone spend more than $75 billion every year. And almost all this spending goes towards woke, progressive-themed entertainment. And the progressive left has come to dominate our institutions and our culture. They've been deadly serious about using the art of storytelling to promote their agenda, and so far they've succeeded. Center-right Americans complain that we're losing the culture wars, and, and we are. But that won't change until we actually produce culture. We need to commit real money to producing entertainment that embodies our values, and we need to get into the business of storytelling. You can't win unless you're in the game. Welcome to the Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Joining me today to talk about how we can reclaim our culture through film, and it's a big opportunity, is my friend Michael Pack, a documentary filmmaker and the former CEO of the U.S. Agency for Global Media. I'm also joined by his son, Thomas Pack, who is heading up an exciting new adventure, Palladium Pictures, which aims to fight back in the culture war by producing feature-length films, documentary shorts, and training a next generation of filmmakers through an incubator film training program. Michael brings a powerful resume to this, having produced over 15 award-winning documentaries for public television, most recently, a terrific film that I recommend everybody see, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words. Michael, welcome back. Thomas, great to have you. And you've got your own strong background in this, but you're not quite up to Michael's yet. So we'll, okay. we'll do your whole bio and, uh, after you've made Palladium world famous. <laughs> well, let's, let's start talking about, about your, Michael. You re, had a recent piece in uh, Real Clear, Real Clear Politics, I believe. That's right. And the title is, great title, You Can't Fight the Culture War Without Making Movies. Exactly. Just the, the same theme as, as you sounded very eloquently a few minutes ago, Bill. I always say about the culture war, you can't win a culture war when only one side is fighting. Imagine <laughs> if we had a real battle 
where one side had an army in the field and the other side just complained about what that army was doing, you know, wrote articles and denounced it. I mean, who would win the war? I mean, it, it, it's no contest. So as you said in your introduction, we on the sort of conservative libertarian right side of the spectrum have to start producing culture. We can't blame the left for fighting for their ideas. We have to fight for our own. Well, I, I agree. Now, Thomas, you're, you're now heading this up, this incubator. We're not, this is part of not just talking, but doing. Mm -hmm. What's the incubator about? Yeah. Well, the incubator is about actually training the next generation of filmmakers. I think that this idea of like, as you were saying, all these streaming services being part of, you know, the left, um, you know, I think that finally conservatives are paying attention to that. And there's a movement toward uh, alternatives in streaming, alternative, you know, uh, you know, conservative film studios. But you can't just fund conservative film studios or conservative streaming services and assume you'll start making good movies right away. Uh, and the left has understood this for a really long time. They've been cultivating talent by, you know, working with young people from early on in their career, from film school on up. Um, and as a result, they're making great movies. Um, and so we're, we're sort of starting that process on, you know, for more conservative filmmakers or filmmakers that question the heterodox, you know, heterodox well, mainstream well, media. Well, the problem with most conservative documentaries is they're incredibly pedantic. Mm. It's like some of them are like uh, PowerPoint presentations yeah. with lots of uh, video clips and things like that. And they don't really, they don't have a, they don't have a principal character. I mean they're really not very good at framing good versus evil and telling a story and how we prevail over it. I mean, I, you're the storyteller. What do you... I think that is exactly right. The left has mastered the art of storytelling, and we sometimes use the term, but we don't really do it. Uh, the, the, the conservatives are, are best at documentaries that at, at most are preaching to the choir, you know, that, that, that pound themes that we all already agree on. And don't tell human stories. So they so they are not really convincing to a, a, a broad swath of people. And we really want in Palladium, as really in my previous films, to reach the center. You know, to reach most of America, who I think instinctively reject the woke progressivism you refer to. And we need to give give them stories that they can respond to and believe in, rather than simply reject wokeism. And as Thomas says, you can't tell stories without storytellers. And that's really the, the idea of the incubator is to, so Thomas has gone around searching for right of center filmmakers who want to get this money from us. We're going to fully fund and distribute these films if they apply on our website, palladiumpictures.com. But the point really is that by making a film under our direction, we will be the executive producers and own it. By making it under our direction, we will make sure they tell a story that it won't just be propaganda, it won't be just conservative talking heads telling you what to think, for example, but they'll find a human story and the ideas will be embedded in the story instead of the other way around. The website, palladiumpictures.com, if you're listening or watching, you ought to take a look at it, particularly if you're a young person or maybe even a middle-aged person, or how about old people for your incubator, whoever, whatever age. Whatever age. Whoever wants us, among us to start telling stories. But we all, there's this notion that, that we're not good at it. I think we're all good at stories. If, if you stop that and think about how you communicate with your friends and people you want to persuade, we just don't do it in, uh, in films. Now, the 
you talk about this in your article. In the 1940s, 1930s, Hollywood uh, made a fortune. With a bunch of Jewish immigrants mm -hmm. came to America, loved the country, and told stories that celebrated American culture. Well, that's right. So the idea that it can't be done is disproven by the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. The idea that artists are naturally left-wing and progressive and anti-establishment and anti-American and rule-breakers you know, what about the Hollywood golden age? You know, the, 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 from the Westerns to the films of Frank Capra that celebrated family and values and, and America. I mean, we, you know, not in an uncritical way. And those movies weren't uncritical either. You know, so it can be done. So I think it, the left does not have a natural advantage in storytelling. They have cultivated it, as Thomas was saying earlier, by 50 years of investing in it and teaching people it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh... It, it's true. The I think the incentive structure is off on the on the right. It's not that that people don't want to tell great stories. Uh, it's just that uh, it's we're sort of incentivized toward the quick hits types of documentary that you described. Although I will say the most PowerPoint documentary that I know of is the Inconvenient Truth, which is sort of on the other side. But uh, but it I think that um, yeah. But all right of its all of its models were flat wrong. That's, that's possibly <laughs> Except true. for that, it was a great story. Except for being But it, it actually lacks storytelling elements. We always say in documentary, it's a mixture of real journalism, which means actual thoughtful interview all sides, get the whole story, and real cinematic storytelling where you have to understand characters and you know plot and bring your uh, audience along. And that's a hard thing, I think, for a lot of people to digest and to do both. Uh, and... It's not as it's not really correctly incentivized on the right, even though we do have this long history uh, of of film and also in the arts. I think it's a great history of conservatives, you know, from Michelangelo and everybody else. We appreciate aesthetics and and what makes art great. Well, what's why the focus? I I, I probably know the answer to this. Why the focus on documentary as opposed to feature 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 film? Well, uh, we think that. Document first of all, they're less expensive. You can control them. You can make them and get them done. You don't have to do it through the Hollywood apparatus. Now, if you want to do a Marvel superhero movie, you've got to have hundreds of millions of dollars and stars and a big, big team behind you to make it happen. Documentaries can be done and controlled. And in fact, most of these young people who are graduating from film school are going to go into nonfiction programming. There's just more jobs there. Every website in the world has video on it. So the, the world of nonfiction programming is big, and it's big on these streaming services. It's big on Netflix and Amazon and HBO. It's an increasingly large percentage of their programming, you know, from true crime to political documentaries. Well, the, we, we joked last, well, it wasn't really a joke, but it's a fact. How many colleges are there in America? 4,000? They're like 4,000. And every one of them's got a film department. Th that's right. And everyone leans left. Everyone leans left. Most of them are out, out front about it, or they use a term like, we're going to teach you to make social justice documentaries or advocacy documentaries, but it's all yeah. advocacy on one side. So that's right. 4,000 colleges, with each with a film school, if they graduate, you know, 50 to 100 people a year, you know, that's hundreds of thousands every year of wannabe filmmakers. So maybe 5% have talent and the rest, I don't know, go fund a, another kind of job. So they, the left has a, a funnel to, 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 to 
siphon off the cream of a very large group. Mm. And we end up with people who simply reject that orthodoxy, as Thomas was saying earlier. So we need to just do better in that area. I mean, we are not even being good, kind to the people who are rejecting the orthodoxy, which are the ones that Thomas is now seeking out. You know, people who are tired of being, even in, from college on, being pushed with these woke progressive ideas and want to express a different point of view. And that was actually my own experience. I, I, when I came out of film school, all my friends were making... Where'd uh, you go to film school? NYU. I, I, I How'd you escape? I, I only went for one summer. Okay. I took two, two courses. <laughs> And, and right away, I wanted to make a film. And all the people else who were graduating in my class and who were there wanted to make radical left-wing films. And I thought, well, we'll make, my, my then partner and I just said, we'll make the alternative. And we, and we thought we would, be, we would be able to demolish their films. It would be, take a matter of a year and we'd turn American culture back towards where it should be. But as you know, Bill, we didn't actually succeed didn't exactly in doing that. Work out. And it didn't really work out. Well, you personally, you though, were very successful. I managed to do it, but yeah. it was a harder process than I thought. And I have not yet given up. But we want those same people like myself as a young man who rejects the orthodoxy. They're being pushed and want to make a film and don't have a vehicle to do it. Thomas has got scoured the country looking for those people, young people predominantly. But as you said, Bill, they don't have to be young. This is the Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. I'm here with Michael and Thomas Pack. We've got a very interesting new venture called Palladium Pictures. I like the use of pictures. It's very old Hollywood. It is very. It is. <laughs> Talking about making pictures. That's very cool. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it, 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 for all of us who love stories and films and old movies and, and, and just basically the narrative, we need to see more of that that uh, reflects our values. And we're not. And I think about Avatar by James Cameron, where the villains basically were the human race. <laughs> and uh, it, was, uh, it was a very environmentally correct movie, but nevertheless, uh, totally one-sided and, and uh, a point of view, I think, that needs to be, a story needs to be told from the other side. And you all are going to be set up to do that. Now, it, it seems to me that the key, though, is high-quality content. Because we can all dream that we're going to make a great movie, but then the idea of make, thinking about we're going to do it and doing it, how do you teach storytelling? And I, and I want to give you a little credentials on this because you made a terrific film, Rickover, mm. about the uh, the admiral who invented really the nuclear uh, nuclear um, submarine and uh, the power plant even first and the power plant in it and. We, we were, I think I sent you an email. I'm so glad you got Buster Scruggs to char <laughs> star in. Who's that, Tim? Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. He was a great Admiral Rickover. He was great. And he, But what you, you did with that is you not only did the documentary part explaining, but you made it a, a really good story. That's right. It, it, you have to, each project has its own form, and you have to find it. And that's sort of the work of storytelling. Like, as you, as you say, the, my Rickover film, which is still streaming on Amazon, has a, a lot of dramatic recreations. Whereas the Clarence Thomas film, we simply let Clarence Thomas speak. So the form we found the form appropriate to the story, and filmmakers need to do that work. So when the people we accept in the incubator, we will make sure their stories meet our standards. And I, I say too that they have to actually start with a story idea. I mean, there are so many. Um, conservative films that simply have a thesis that they're proving. But a thesis is not a story. And, and a thesis with a series of anecdotes proving it isn't a story. 
story is something that happens to a protagonist that, that over time. So they have to start with an idea like that, and we have to help them find the story. I mean, that's the mentorship part of it. We will, we will not let those films be released until those young filmmakers have done the work of finding the, the documentary it, and narrative it, it, truth. Is the story almost like the hero's journey? Yeah, a hero's journey, I think, is clearly one type of story. Yeah. And, and, and I, and, right, so Hollywood is very focused on that. You can't, as soon as you walk into, cross into the border in Los Angeles, they give you those, those books about that. And, and, so, and that's good. I mean, it, it, it's a kind of focus. But there are other ways of telling, uh, other things that are a story, but at least a hero's journey has those basic elements. You've got a hero, precipitating event that causes him to go into action. Things happen to him or her over time, and then there's a, a climax and a conclusion. That is a kind of story, rather than you have a thesis, even one that we agree with, you know, like, um, as you say, like like environmental issues are you know, wrongly covered in the media, and there's a, you know, there's a, we, you don't want to just then have a series of criticisms of environmentalists. You have to find a way to make that idea come across through someone's story. Yeah. I mean, I think also the mentorship element, there's something, something you left out when talking about why we picked documentary is the really obvious reason we picked it, which is that <laughs> you have, are a very established documentarian and can be a good mentor. Mm. Uh, and like, so an example, so most recent film was about Clarence Thomas. As you say, we let him tell his story. And you worked on that. I, I did a little bit. I was yeah. at, working full time elsewhere, but I was on, on set at a couple uh, of his interviews, which is really an amazing experience. Um, but, you know, he tells his life story. Clarence Thomas's life story, luckily for us, has multiple arcs. You're not just as he rise out of poverty, but also other twists and turns happen to him. He developed an ideology in an interesting way. And, you know, our liberal friends li liked the story. And I don't think it changed their mind about his jurisprudence. They still don't like his jurisprudence. But at the end of the day, you know, he, can't, he was in the news again recently, and they viewed him as more of a human as a result. And that's, I think, because they were pulled along by the great storytelling. I think it's very important in narrative film. You know, we do need to be making the next bit Avatar films. I think that it's clear that often the subtext of, uh, you know, the big feature films that are coming out is what's affecting the culture. I mean, just look at, you know, how abortion has been portrayed in film over the past few decades and how that's affected people. Uh, but we can't really teach narrative as well as we can teach documentary. And it's so common in, in documentary for people to just go for what they think is the easier film to make. And that is the film that doesn't take story seriously and doesn't take its, view, take its viewership seriously uh, and doesn't try to actually affect and change minds, but just, you know, goes for quick hits. What kind of budget do you have to produce each film that for, comes through? For the incubator? Yeah. So we're, these are five to 15 minute shorts. So we believe in learning by doing. So uh, we will be okay. funding five to 15 minute shorts for up to $30,000. So people will, this will be, this will fully cover the cost of the film, which I think is a great opportunity for, as you say, young people or people that are just sort of early career in, in documentary, pivoting into it, from maybe from corporate video or some other video does space. the Does the less expensive technology today uh, make it easier to get out on location and do things uh, on site as opposed to in the studio? Or what's your balance between 
Your, your website shows a very interesting shot in a studio, but I assume <laughs> you're going to be taking most of these documentaries out and producing them where you find them. Well, so for our, for our documentaries, it's a little different, but for the incubator documentary, these are actually people that are on their own producing it how they want and where they want. So they have this budget that they can... $30,000. Up to $30,000, and, and that on the production side. We are also doing the distribution of these films as well, so we'll have different funds for actually Well, that it was out. my next question. I've been involved in making some independent feature films, and you can make a great movie, but then getting it distributed is, is just unbelievably hard to do. And... You know, with the demise of the of the neighborhood movie theater, particularly after COVID, I mean that whole industry seems to be uh, uh, tough tough to break into, even with high quality content. Well, we have one set of problems for you know we are, as Thomas just said, we're still I'm still making longer documentaries and short documentaries at higher <laughs> budgets, and at higher budgets you have a different kind of distribution problem. These relatively inexpensive shorts by sort of beginning filmmakers, we can give them a kind of distribution that they that would at least start their career. We can get them on major media websites of, that are right of center. You know, we can get them a kind of attention that they wouldn't get if they're, say, in Indiana somewhere and they're just trying to make a film. But so whether so, so the point of distribution is to sort of get them attention, but they're but the main part of the incubator is training. So hopefully they'll go on from these short films to make bigger and, and more expensive, more elaborate, and, and even more successful films. It's primarily training, whereas the other parts of Palladium Pictures, where we're still making irregular films, the, the primary emphasis is on the film itself. Now, so what do you think about what Tucker's doing with uh, Twitter or X or whatever we took his show off of, <laughs> got kicked off of Fox, and now he's trying to do it through, uh, through Twitter? And I'm not sure what he's doing with his documentary unit that he had at Fox or whether he's still making documentaries. Uh, I, I've only seen his, his talk stuff on Twitter. Well, so. the only, they were the only content on Fox Nation that was remotely good. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do without him. But I, I think it's a pretty <clears throat> bold move on Tucker's part. I think he's got a, he's got a real talent and a huge audience and... I will look to see whether he can he can maintain it. Um, it's tough to do. He he benefited a lot from the structure of Fox, um, but I root for him. I, I believe that we on the right have to hope for as many ways to reach people and as many entities that are doing it as possible. And and even the ones, you know, I, I often on, on put down these people who are making these preach to the choir films, but I actually celebrate anyone who's making any film anybody can get it done exactly that's right so, yeah i'm with you on that right so i don't want to be negative about that or anybody else and tucker definitely included well it just it, this is the bill this is the bill walton show i'm bill walton i'm here with michael and thomas pack and we're talking about the the really fun business of making mm -hmm. films and it is fun having been involved in that a bit and why more people ought to be doing it um but I'm about to ask a skeptical question. Okay. And my skeptical question is this. I talked about $75 billion from four studios alone and $250 billion worldwide going into mostly progressive woke entertainment. Not all of it, but most of it. 
where do you get enough money to really make a dent against that uh, onslaught of, uh, of, neg of, 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 of bad ideas? Well, let me answer that in two parts. I mean, we at Palladium have to do whatever we can do and take just move forward with the, with the funding, the skills, and the ability yeah. we have. And we can't yeah. say we're only going to help start two or three a year when really the country needs 50 or 100. You've got to at least start to do what you can do. But I think your question is a question overall for all those of us that are critical of progressive woke ideology. For the whole group of us, there has to be vastly more investment in this sector. Conservative donors are just not comfortable investing in media, whereas left-wing donors have no trouble at all. They are more comfortable giving money to academic institutions. They're more comfortable giving money to political races, uh, to, to, you know, to the Federalist Society, to some good causes, to the Heritage Foundation. To, so they are not comfortable funding film and television, and they have to get comfortable and really up their contribution by a huge margin. Well, I share your view, though. I think most of the money goes into conservative organizations that preach to the choir, and they don't really move the needle for the larger culture. It's just making people feel good about what they already think, and hopefully they can fix America, but we're not seeing much evidence that that's happening. The only way you can do it is to reach people who are not already in that group and the theory here is we can do it with good stories. That's right. And, and I'm, I'm not putting down those other institutions, but it can't be only them. And well, as a donor, I would like them to be a lot more effective. <laughs> well, that's, that's like another show there. Okay. Um, well, but, yeah, right, Thomas. Well, I, I mean, I think Getting it, value out of your donor dollar. That's, that. that's, that's a topic I'm very interested in. But I mean, <laughs> I, I actually think it's coming, and I think there's a lot to be excited about in this space. I think when we can see sort of movement. I mean, you talked about Tucker and X, and I think there, there's a there's a lot of change happening in how we reach people, and people are interested in conservative films because they're, frankly, better. I mean, they're just more, it's, it's more inspiring to hear a story that's pro-America and pro-individualism than it is to hear something focusing on grievances or, 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 or you know, sort of the, the progressive agenda, which has been done so much. And so you're seeing not just X, but you're seeing, you know, Angel Studios is breaking out with Sound of Freedom and, and other shows that go out of the Hollywood norms and how they approach things. And, you know, Daily Wire is coming out with now fantasy shows and Blaze TV. So people are moving toward this. People are trying to fix this problem. Uh, what you need is, as, as you're saying, to, to affect the conservative donor class. And to do that, you have to just convince them that it is true that conservatives can be creative and can tell good stories, which is why you have to create, you know, a network effect. You have to have, you have to, you have to sort of build it out. Uh, we, you know, our project is, this Angabeer project is, is a small piece of a big problem, uh, but it's sort of the first block of the infrastructure that's going to have, that's going to create, you know, every year more and more filmmakers that people watch the films and they see, okay, great stuff is coming out of the right. And that will lead to more inve investments and the flywheel will turn. You need some breakthrough films, too. You yeah. need something that really captures an audience. And I can't remember the name, but CPAC's involved in the, fil the film on human trafficking. I think that is Jim. Sound of Freedom. Is yes, that what you're thinking of? Is that, was that? What, yes. And that's, what, 150 million? Yes, that's right. Very. But and that seems to me, if and, and you know, as a private equity type, which I am, um, you know, if you see people making that kind of money, you think, well, maybe there's a much bigger audience for this than we previously thought. I think there aren't enough. There's 
there really have been enough breakout films to prove it. Sound of Freedom is one. I think in the documentary realm, our Clarence Thomas film was hugely successful. It proves that you can make hugely successful documentaries too. Um, I think that we someone beyond my pay grade needs to mobilize this group. I mean, someone has to start putting hundreds of millions of dollars in it, not just the small amounts that we're talking about. And I hope that that does happen. I agree with Thomas and you too, Bill, that enough of these things that are successful, enough attention to it, and maybe the money will start to flow. I mean, I, I hope that happens. Well, it is ultimately about the money. You need, because to, to do a real picture, you need to have, a, you need a lot more than $30,000. You need, and you need, the my article, real clear that you mentioned, is really focused on the left-wing infrastructure the ecosystem that they have built up over many decades. You need all of these elements from, as Thomas alluded, and you also mentioned film school, starting with film school, but they have their own vast network of training programs, you know, not just one incubator. And they have, you know, film festivals from Sundance and Telluride, and they have, uh, they have fun, they have the divisions of big foundations like Ford and MacArthur that are devoted to social justice films. They have for-profit film companies that declare themselves to be woke and progressive, and, and then distribution companies that are, you know, pretty clearly have that aspect too, from, you know, Netflix, you know, to Amazon, to HBO. So there's an entire way to get these films out. It's, it's, it's admirable that Sound of Freedom was able to break out in spite of not having that being in that network. But we need to build some of these other less glamorous institutions than just producing, you know, distribution, right. streaming, and I hope that there is interest in doing that. Just to plug your article again, it is on Real, Real Clear Politics, and uh, it came out uh, when last week, uh, recently, and it's a it's a very, you know, September 11th. That's an auspicious date. Yeah, it, um, it, it and it really goes through this whole story about how we can succeed and why we need to succeed. So how have you raised your money for your previous documentaries? Have those been funded by NPR or are those been, been funded by wealthy donors? Well, both. We've had some from wealthy donors. Um, our film that is, that, that our last film that was funded by public broadcasting was this film called The Last 600 Meters, which was principally funded by oh, the corporation. Yeah. Tell that story. That's an interesting story. Well, we did this film several years ago about the biggest battles in Iraq, Fallujah and Najaf. And we tell it as a battle story. It is not ideological. It's just from the point of view of the people, firsthand testimony of the people who fought there, from people, from corporals up to sort of the one-star general in the field. And it's a great story. Whether you agree or disagree with the war, these young men and women are heroic. And Although that was mainly funded by public broadcasting money, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, PBS declined to run it. It was just too pro-military for them. So it, it never happened to me before, and they had money in it. Um, and we could never get, on the other hand, and I tell the story a little bit in the Real Clear piece, conservative donors who we then went to felt it was not ideological enough. <laughs> Like they said, it needed a call to action at the end. It needed to take a stand on the war. Whereas, you know, PBS was right. You know, you could really see what these young men and women are like without my actually telling you by watching the film. So we still hope to release that film, actually. I think now that uh, 
we're you know, Ukraine is at war, and now that Israel, well, the, left, the it, left has moved into a very militant mode now. I mean, they're even, well, you know, look at Ukraine. I mean, well, the, I, I feel our film is that's right, and and it's going to be you know, Israel is going to be engaged in, in urban warfare, not that similar from Fallujah in the next week or so, and that's a punishing experience with its PR problems that are illustrated in the film. The film is not you know, pro or anti this kind of war. I mean, we've had originally both people who were very pro the Iraq war, like Richard Pearl thought it was great, and people who were against the war, like Steve Bannon, also thought it was great, and they felt it buttressed their arguments. So it's not, but my take is, if we're gonna be involved in this and our allies are gonna be involved in it, let's at least understand what's involved and what the cost is. So let me circle back to our initial thought about the incubator and the, the teaching people how to tell stories. How, 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 are we going to, how are we going to do that? Right. Well, I mean, there's sort of two elements to it. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, this, these ideas that, that we have had and that, you know, you've cultivated over many years of making great documentaries, uh, understanding storytelling elements and understanding how to, you know, we've, we're in a, unique position that we sort of speak to the center left because our films have been on PBS. Uh, another part of it is the other, you know, the other thing you get out of film school beyond the technical skills uh, is you learn by doing while you're there and you're part of a system. I mean, this is a hard business actually, even if you are on the left and you have this ecosystem, but the way it works is, you know, the great, the film professors that are, have had success in film. They come back, they teach, and then they pick the best people and they move those people along. Uh, and then talent, you know, feeds off talent. Good people are around each other and they learn from each other and they, you know, they pair good producers with good directors. It's a whole system and it works fabulously. And, you know, as you're saying, there's lots of great movies coming out of the left, uh, but they're kind of at a sort of moment of weakness right now in a lot of ways. People are looking for something new. Um, so, I mean, we'll train, the way we'll teach them is that people are going to have a chance to make their films. These are, we're looking for producer directors, people who can demonstrate in their application. Now, where do I find before. your application on the website? Right on palladiumpictures.com. We've got a giant button. That you got says a giant incubator. button, apply here. It says incubator. Okay. And so you can click that, <laughs> read all about it. Incubator, uh, apply now. <laughs> Do you have an age requirement here? I'm getting back in. I, I may go anyway. So it's got all your background and your social media coordinates. And you've got a description here of the film that you want to shoot, your elevator pitch, and then uh, the philosophy about what you want to be doing. Yeah, it's in, in a budget overview. It's interesting. Budget. So you, a... it, it requires somebody who's already thought about this a fair amount, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great structure. Right. I think that's a key piece is that this is this particular program is for people that are producer directors. So they have to mm. they have to demonstrate that they have talent and that they can put together a crew because we're investing in them and we're making, you know, we're, they need to be able to complete a film with our oversight as executive producers. Uh, so it's for a certain level of, of person and it's for people that, you know, want to do a conservative film, meaning a film on a conservative topic. That's still real journalism. It's still, you know, 
you know, looked at outside. But I still want to get back. Those are the topics. I want to get into the story. I mean, we talked last time you were here about how you tell a story. I think that's, I mean, well, so what, what, what are you going to be saying? Look, this is okay, but you're missing this element or that element. It's, it's very, I think it's, this making films, documentaries like this is very hands-on, micro-oriented. I mean, for example, I was at the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for three years in charge of senior vice president in charge of television programming. And one of the reasons they brought me in was they wanted to get, as they are legally obligated to do, a diversity of viewpoints on public broadcasting. And I w was told to go out and look for right-of-center filmmakers. I've had this experience <laughs> once before. We don't know any. Yeah. And <laughs> can, it you was, find, can, can I you find, find some right <laughs> And I did try. I mean, that was, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So actually the situation is better now. But But then... I would get these things from conservatives and I'd say, well, you're showing me this to me, but there are, you know, it's not, it, you bring things up and then you don't go back and tell us what happened to those things. There are bad edits in the middle. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, it's no worse than left-wing filmmaking. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's unbelievable that you say that to me, a funder, a donor. I was then in the donor situation. And I went to, so <laughs> I just could not believe it. So, our <clears throat> filmmakers in the incubator are not going to get away with that. If there's something that doesn't work in the film, I am not going to let them call it finished until it's fixed. Right. When one of the things that's funny about documentary and nonfiction programming is you can just declare it finished. It can have lots of bad edits, no, not make sense. You, you can just you know, color <laughs> correct it, make the sound okay, and call it a finished film. But they're often just plain not finished. And they start filming, here's another example, on the other end of the spectrum, before they found a story. People want to film. They want to shoot. It's fun to shoot, as you said. It's fun to make films, period. And you emphasize that, and we don't emphasize that enough. <laughs> yeah, you are the fun piece. The it, fun, it's, it's real. This is, this it, is fun. It is fun. But people, and the, you, the, the people involved are, are, are interesting people. There are a lot of gypsies in the movie-making world. And, and people who go from project to project, yeah. then they're, they're characters. And they're interesting. And in the documentary, you get to meet a whole swath of other ordinary, yeah. real people. Yeah. But people want to be shooting. So I find young filmmakers frequently start shooting before they know why they're shooting. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm not going to let them do that. They, they can't start shooting until they've convinced us that they've got a plan for what to shoot. Now that may sound kind of basic, Bill, but it, it, it actually isn't basic. And you, in terms of a particular project, you have to know how to make them you know, do that work before they actually can turn the camera on. Okay. So I, it's a lot of micro coaching, let's say. And okay. I, I think the story element that you find missing m most often, and it's there's lots of story elements, but it's often it's lack of, in documentaries, lack of characters, or it's lack of tension. Mm. So sometimes you'll Good do point. a film where you'll just tell, you'll try to tell them what to think. And especially that's tempting in documentary because you're interviewing experts. You can just tell them what to think. Even if you do sort of a both sides thing, you don't bring the audience along and you don't get buy-in. And then often you think you got buy-in because you did put in characters, but you forgot that the characters need to, you know, go on a journey with your audience. So these things are often missing. The way to teach it, you're right, will prevent people from, from not doing the story elements, but it's a teach by doing. That's the only way it's ever worked in film. You have to, 
you know, have a camera well, and have, uh, have high stakes. Yeah, character character development and lack of, you, people also want to know what's going to happen next. Mm, that's you know, right. If you can set up that kind of structure, like your Rickover piece did that. Yeah, that's like, right. You sort of knew he was going to end up transforming the yeah, Navy. Yeah, you did know But that. on the other hand, it still wasn't clear in the way he told the story that he wasn't going to quite get slugged first before that. Well, <laughs> that's he right. He was such an ornery character. You need that, that's the, what Thomas was saying, you need that opposition. So when, you know, it's, he's got his vision and you have the people who are lined up against him, including the bureaucracy of the everybody. Navy, many, many secretaries of defense, you know, and everybody. So to see him against that, and that's right, you need those elements and people have to look for them, find them, be clear about them. So we will have them do that by working on something in particular but, to but, make that happen. But there's a lot of one-on-one things. The character, for example, I was involved with a film, short film that as an actor and not, mm -hmm. not, any, not in any authoritative role. I just did what I was told as an actor. But they introduced a new character at the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, that new character wanders in in the last two minutes of whatever, and you're sort of thinking, well, what happened to the rest of the story and the other characters? Sort of basic, but that's the kind of thing we're talking right. about here. When do you introduce a character? How do you develop that's them? Right. Who the good guys, who the bad guys are? We can tell I'm ready to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think this is very exciting. Uh, what else should we cover that we haven't covered except that people ought to go on the website and try to get into the uh, program? Well, they ought to go. And also, if you're a donor watching, <laughs> you also ought to be in touch because mm -hmm. this is the kind of place we need to be putting our money. Right. People ought to go on the website if they're a filmmaker or if they're interested in learning more about this. And I think the most important thing is if you know someone that this sounds great for, uh, let them know. It's a great opportunity, I think, for people. Funding and distribution are really tough. It's a really, it's a, it's a hard business. And we're going to create not, there's, there's this, you know, mentorship element, but there's also this springboard element of we'll help you fund the idea that the documentary that you've been wanting to do, you can do it, and then we'll make sure people see it because we have distribution channels we've been developing for many decades, and it will, you know, from there, it's sort of easier to find funding and distribution afterwards. So we'll be, this is for people that have a, that want to make conservative documentaries, they can, they know how to produce and direct, uh, and, uh, and they can sort of demonstrate that. And there's a, there, it's, it's embedded in what you're saying, but I think what we're also saying is that being a creative is a lonely business. Mm. It really is. It's hard. It's lonely. You're never sure whether you've got as any good. good and if you're a conservative creative, it's even worse. And so with this, you can find kindred spirits. That's right. People that are facing the create, same creative challenges, but who also share your uh, your value system. That's, right. that's unusual. Right. And we're committed to doing this every year. So we'll have every year a yeah. growing number of people who've been through this program and they'll have the fellowship they get from being with their specific cohort, but also they'll be part of a network. I need a bigger number than what you're offering now. You do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, get yeah. there. I mean, I, I think, be... you know, it's, it's anyway, I'm just one. having fun. But anyway, I'm very, I'm very, I'm so happy you're doing this. We've been talking about this for a couple of years. Now. We it's have. finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. And indeed. you've lured a very talented young man to it, run it. Indeed. He, he's really kickstarted it. Thomas has. Yeah. So that's right. Well, Thomas, great to, great to meet you on set. And I'm looking forward to being involved with you guys as, as you develop this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me. Final words, Michael. Well, I, I also, um, suggest that people watch the films, you know, or previous films. As you said, the Clarence Thomas film, 
is, is streaming on Amazon and elsewhere. And the Rickover film also on Amazon called Rickover, The Birth of Nuclear Power. And hopefully the others will be back streaming soon too, the other 12 or 13. And we'll have more coming out in the future. So follow along on social media. That's right. You know, keep up with us. Our new projects are described on the website. Great. Fantastic. Uh, Michael and Thomas Pack, uh, filmmakers extraordinaire, uh, <laughs> creating a new studio called Palladium Pictures. Great name. And I mm -hmm. uh, hope we'll all, you'll all learn about it on the website and support their efforts going forward and watch their movies when they come out. Uh, this has been The Bill Walton Show. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, Substack, uh, all the major podcast platforms. We're in CPAC now on Monday nights. And uh, please subscribe to our emails if you haven't already done so and encourage your friends to do so, like-minded people. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're a growing group of people interested in the same ideas and, and uh, fixing our culture. And I hope you found today's program a, a worthy effort in that, uh, in that category. So thanks for joining and we'll be talking soon. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.